Hey guys, welcome back to the Awakening Empire podcast. I'm Kayla, I'm the host of it. I haven't said that in a long time because I took a really unexpected hiatus starting in around November of 2019. So it's really good to be back. I've been planning on my return for a while and just waiting on the spirit to lead me to the perfect time for the perfect message and the perfect comeback. So we're here now. Um, I've missed you guys, but I've been pretty active on the Instagram and just reconnecting with people who used to listen, who are new to listening, and just trying to keep building that rapport because I truly do value sending the messages and speaking and writing and just trying to get into your guys' hearts and souls and minds from a spirit-led place because that's how I operate. That's how I live my whole life. Nothing I do is serendipitous. I don't believe in serendipity or coincidences. I just believe that the world has already been done and we are just watching it physically manifest every single day. So I'm so excited to be back today and just being able to connect with you guys and talk to you and just and just really dwell among you in what you're going through and what you're experiencing. It's been a crazy journey for a lot of us, um, for the whole world. In 2020 was insane and 2021 is just leading to be the same way as things flare up and there's tensions and there's disagreements and there's arguments about literally everything. So it's just been a really difficult time. And I have seen more than ever, I used to talk about it a lot on the podcast before, but it always just, it never hit me until I started posting these and people started reaching out and telling me about their problems and things that they were going through of just like how many people were really suffering. Because when I was suffering a lot in 2017, And I was going through my really difficult, just inexplainably difficult time of my life mentally. You get so confined into thinking that it's just you. You're the only one who's going through it this bad. You're the only one suffering this difficultly. And then you realize once you take yourself out of yourself, you really begin to understand that the whole world is suffering just as you are and people are battling battling such similar things that you are and it's just so insane to me how delusional I was to think that I was the only one going through this pain and how many more people were feeling that type of agony and I hate that I hate that so much like I was so once I finally realized like how many other people were suffering and to the extent in which they were I was like oh my gosh, like it's so devastating because you do, when you're in that kind of pain, you don't want anyone to ever have to feel that way or endure that type of stress and paranoia and anxiety because it's so exhausting and it's so dumb half the time. And it's about usually, it's usually it's about nothing, but we make it about everything. And it's like the smallest thing can be such a trigger for people who are really in hard times and who are really weak in their mind at the time. Not that they're weak themselves, but when you are in a certain place mentally, when you're just like fighting the battle of anxiety and mental hardship, it's like 
every little thing causes a disruption of your mood, of how you feel. It can make you dwell so much more intensely in the realm of anxiety, or it can just drive it deeper. It's like so irritating. So when I finally came out of it and realized like how many people were suffering, it devastated me because I don't ever want anyone to have to feel the way I did. It's a lonely, miserating thing to experience. And it's just really sad. And I have felt like I'm saying this all to say that I believe that the pandemic really highlighted a lot of the problems mentally that many people were running from because they had the opportunity to do so. Life was crazy. We all had things going on. We had work, social life, going out all the time. And then once that halted, it can just be a ex- complete exposition of the reality of who you are. And I think if we, while the pan- pandemic was so de- just depressing and so much of a loss in many regards for everybody, I feel like obviously perspective is everything. So how you view and perceive the things that you are experiencing is a great test of your mental wellness. And if you could see that it was actually an opportunity to really sit with yourself and grow and evolve, um, it can. It was a really amazing blessing, especially for me. You know, I was just continuing my journey. It actually was. Um, I want to do a whole podcast about things that I learned during the pandemic. Not that we're out of it, but in that crazy time of like never experiencing something like that and everyone just being paranoid and scared and whatever. It was actually interesting for me to see how little I was triggered by the isolation because you guys don't know, like I started the podcast in 2018 where I was still kind of in my isolation time. I had broken my leg and so I started the self-growth journey and then in July I decided, um, still at the peak of like my rehabilitation, I decided to start Um, this podcast and just talk about like my journey mentally and trying to come out of such a horrible time of life. But I was still in that really horrible time. I wouldn't say I was fully freed from the paralysis of my mind until like late 2019, like late, late, like almost 2020, which is amazing because I finally come out of self-isolation. I'm like going to large events and with crowds and doing stuff. And I'm like, getting really excited about all different kinds of like trips I was going on and just like really branching out and finally just immersing myself within the community that I had willingly isolated myself from. And then all of a sudden I get slapped in the face with like, along with the entire world of having to isolate again. I'm like, y'all, I've already done this. I already had my turn. It sucks. (laughs) But, um, you know, I just continue to use it as a time to grow, to help others and to really put my my growth and test to the skills, I continue to just be a very biblical-based person and listen to a lot of sermons and just keep going in the direction that I was. And, I, you know, I, I learned so much from the pandemic and I'm really grateful that I came out stronger because of it. I hope you guys did too. But I think a big exposure of it was how many people are mentally suffering. And now, especially post-pandemic, there's been a lot of loss, not only 
grievances like family and friends but also I would say just like the loss of normalcy just the loss of what was and I think that can be really truly challenging for a lot of people is letting go of what their norm was because we are a very we have a neuroplastic brain we are built for adaptation yet a lot of times we get nervous to change course. We become insecure in the courage it takes and the pain of losing something or losing that familiarity. And so I think sometimes some people just really got lost in everything on the outside world that made them who they were because they never were able to figure out who they were within. And when you have to spend a lot of time with yourself, as I learned in self-isolation, if you can't handle that and if you spend your whole life trying to escape from yourself because of the pain and the things and the agony that you endure, it can be a big burden to carry to have to look and dwell within your own company all the time. And of course, people turn to like drugs and alcohol in excess during the pandemic. But regardless, like you couldn't really escape that much. We were all suffering like this crazy time of life. Not only just were we isolating, but we had no other option than to like worry about our safety. And just the whole thing was just crazy. So I've just felt like, we came out of the pan. We went into the pandemic with a huge mental health crisis, and I feel like we're coming out with an even worse one because people who thought that they were escaping those pains and those suffrages that they had suppressed for a long time have surfaced. And so now we're dealing with a whole new grade and intensity of mental health. And I felt like now more than ever, it was a time to come back. I feel like I should have come back a few months ago, but I just... I've endured a lot of nonsense and really horrible things and I just needed to not be plastering my own thoughts and minds on here because I was trying to really ensure that I was in a good place and could be a good support for other people because I had really suffered. I mean, you guys missed so much of my life, but I moved to a city which was incre- which was incredible because of just you guys met me when I was stuck on a mountain and literally physically because my leg was still broken and I had just had my second operation. So it just was like you met me at a time like that. And I wish I would have taken you guys through some of those things, but I just was so fixated on just like going and doing this and I had something to prove. I, I, I just lived that way. I had something to prove because I was isolated and nobody knew, like everybody thought I was a hermit. And then I started coming out of it and Jesus was saving me slowly. And, and then I was like, oh yeah, Jesus, we're going to go to the big city now when I had something to prove. And I went in with an ego and I went in with just this like, I I could I prove I was trying to prove it to everybody that I could make it, and I went there with ignorance, and I'm like just a naive person. I'll I think I'll do a podcast about like that as well. But I I just went into the city with some definitely some narcissism, and I I suffered a lot there. It was a pretty horrible time, but we're good, and um. 
I came back to the mountains temporarily to remember what God spoke to me. And I think sometimes when you're struggling a lot and you've gone through some really horrible things, instead of going back and retreating to old habits mentally and dwelling back in paranoia and anxiety, circling back to the promises of God and what Jesus spoke to me, those are things that help keep me grounded. Sometimes the best thing you can do is remember Remember what he said, remember what he told you, remember his character, and remember where you came from. And those things can help you come out of a dark time. So anyway, I really just talked my little ear off right there, but I wanted to just come back to the podcast for the first time discussing the power of contentment in a world of greed and sorrow and just a lack of understanding the true purpose of our time on the earth. And I wanted to talk about this because this podcast is like the depiction of the current state of my mental health and where I am. You guys met me, as I have said (laughs) three times, but you met me at a very weak and vulnerable place where I was stuck in my home. I was still pretty trapped in my mind. You were with me when I met Jesus. You were with me when he healed me. You were with me when I started taking strides to come out of that mental war, coming out of that mental war. And then we took a hiatus and now we're here. And I hope that you can see some evolution, some growth um, in the topics and the things that I speak about. And I truly do hope, as always with the purpose of doing this, that you take something for your own self, even if it's one line, even if it's one word, I do believe that God can, well, he does work through spirit and he can transmit into the hearts and souls of anybody, regardless of if they know him or not, regardless of if they recognize or care for his presence at all. So we love that. But um, yeah, I wanted to talk about contentment today because I think it is just, contentment is like the goal. If you have reached contentment, I feel like you're just truly untouchable. And so I wanted to talk about that today as we come back because I think it is something we should all strive for. And with contentment in our heart and in our mind and in our focus, I really believe that we could transform all of our lives in all different sectors and avenues. I believe I said this before in a podcast back in the day, but a lot of times we think that we're overthinking when we're spiraling and we're worrying and we're stressed and we're trying to navigate and endure all of life and all of it has to offer. A lot of times we think we're overthinking, but you're really only as good as your mind. You're really only as good as the thoughts that you think. I mean, you have to understand like your thoughts are alive and the whole, everything in this universe is molecular, right? So we if you look at quantum physics and the realm of it and you understand how it connects spiritually, you'll understand that like we're all made up of atoms. Everything we do is through atoms and molecular structure and light and waves. And that's just right down to the microscopic understanding of how we function as humans. And so if you really look at life at the molecular level, You would understand the power of every thought that you thought, what you did with that thought once you thought it. And 
the way you contribute to the things that you're processing and the way your mind is processing them because you have a relationship with your thought life and your perspective and your brain and your mind. Those are two very different things. And so I would say a lot of times we're underthinking. We're not overthinking because you're only thinking at the level of your thought, never at the level of your spirit. And that's dangerous because these things are alive. We're in the flesh, so they're alive, but they're alive in a world of friction and evil and demonic presence. Like there's so many lower interdimensional entities surrounding your brain and your mind and everything you do in your life. And so if you are only thinking at the level of thought, at the fleshly level, not the spirit, you're missing a whole element of processing. More so, you are really surrendering your power when external earthly things are devouring your peace and your satisfaction rather than the principles that you live by consuming your mind, bringing you that joy and that discernment of happiness and true peace. And so when you let the external entities, the demonic power, the strongholds really get a hold of you and you're thinking and spiraling all day long about those things, you are giving up your power. In an evolutionary sense, you have to sit back and evaluate your life on a basis of more than what happened just now. We are a present body. And that's good that we dwell in the present and we think about the now. But a lot of times we take a current moment and a current situation and a current trouble and we continue when we when we cycle our thoughts and we continuously dwell amongst what is happening right this second, we then begin to attach it to the future. So every single thing, every thought every feeling, every emotion regarding the future is now attached to this current trouble. And so then you weigh yourself down, you surrender your mental power, you you surrender your ability to conceptualize and manifest and bring upon your spirit peace and excitement over what is to come because you are dwelling so much in an attachment of the present, believing that that is forever. And regardless of whatever you're enduring or experiencing, when you continue to attach negativity to it, every single thought is negative about the certain situation or your future or things that you're going through. Regard Because a lot of times we have expectation for the way that our life is supposed to go. And I'll talk more about this later, but we have this certain expectation about how life is supposed to go and it gets us off path when things just go a different direction. We experience something else in a way we didn't want to experience it. Regardless, rather rather than taking it on on a thought of maybe this was the ultimate purpose, we dwell in this place of frustration and friction in our operating system making us result in discontentment. And I would say that the consequence of discontentment is the 
like manipulation to try to orchestrate a life you weren't destined for. A soul that's operating system is riddled with frustration out of its inability to locate peace. And then you lose sight of your authentic identity in pursuit of attempting to soothe very temporary emotions. This current moment, while is valuable and has the opportunity to change at any moment, when it's attached to this intensity of sadness and negativity, makes it dwell and feed and be nourished by the things that you think about because of the surrender you had to the negative thought life. Regarding the situation, you have so much more power over your life than you think. And it's because we're not applying our brain in the way we were meant to. We're not taking our thoughts captive and we're not reminding ourselves of the promise. And that really, really deteriorates the functionalities of our brain and our minds and his ability to bring us to our destiny. It's the same problem that the Israelites had because they could not come out. They came out of Egypt, but Egypt couldn't come out of them. They were taken from slavery. God promised them he did it. And yet they remained prisoners because of a faulty mindset. And that's the purpose of reaching contentment for me and pouring that into you because this is a journey that I have been on because we all have emotional attachments to life that we tried to orchestrate and that we have planned. I had tried to plan my whole life before and it might be fun and it might be exciting to be like, oh, this, when I'm this old, I'm going to do that and I'm going to go there and I'm going to meet that and we're going to do this. And it's like, that's fun to do, but it's not a reality. And I am so grateful that a life I planned never manifested because I love God's will more than I love my own desires. So I have three overarching purposes of reaching contentment and things that I want to talk about. They kind of overlap within each other, but I think they all relate to the one core thesis that at the end of the day, our own expectations for our life is not always going to be God's will. And we have to find a way to reconvene our hearts and our minds and our souls and our spirit to accept that. Because when we can accept that and we can be at a place of like, regardless of what happens, this is a blessing and this is an opportunity and I am grateful. And those are really, really powerful. That's a really powerful place to be. And I've been working on that a lot and I'm not good at it. I'm really not good at it. Like I'm not bad at it. But I think it's just something that humans really struggle with. And because we ha- we are an emotional being, we have our own opinions, we have free will. And it can be really difficult when God says, like for Jonah, God said, go to Nineveh. And, and Jonah knew. Jonah was like, mm-mm, mm-mm, nah. <laughs> and he went to Tarshish. And God said, well, human, I mean, Proverbs 19, 21, he says, humans can make all kinds of plans, but the will of the Lord will be done. So regardless of what you want, homie, I'm taking you back to Nineveh and you're going to preach to my people. And I love that God steps in and he's just like, nah, you can act like that, but I still have a will to do. And you can worry and you can fear and you can be in pain. But at the end of the day, God's going to do what he's going to do. And I feel like he just wants us to reach contentment and peace because at the end of the day, like 
what's going to happen is going to happen. In fact, it already did happen. And so he just wants you to have peace regardless because he is the prince of peace and he already made the world and he knows what's perfect. He knows the perfect time. He knows the perfect thing. And it just makes more sense to dwell within him than to worry about the world. The world is falling away. The world is fading and falling apart. And that's never been more true and, and easy to see than now. And so I just wanted to go in and talk about these three overarching purposes of reaching contentment. Because I just want you guys to be happier. I want you guys to be more peaceful. Well, every time I dedicate myself and I'm really doing good with contentment, I have... I just live a such a much better life. Like it's just so much more of a joy to be human when I'm not just stuck dwelling in what I wish would have happened or what I wish could be happening. And I'm just like, if this is where I'm meant to be, if this is what I'm meant to do, then I'm good with it. And that's so powerful. I think we obsess over our pursuit of constant gain than our present victories. Like a lot of times we overlook the moments in which we are in that we once prayed for and we minimize the fact that we're here. Like a lot of times we're in the very moments we prayed for trying to get out or trying to go somewhere else or trying to do something else and it's like relax. Just hold on. You wanted to be here for three years and you're finally here and you're down on your knees again praying for something else and it's like our values are shaped by the expectations of ourselves and it feels like a lot of times if we're not at this maximum level then we're not doing a good thing we think that the times we prayed for at this current moment just because it's not maybe at the tippy top doesn't mean that you aren't doing a good thing that you're not in a powerful place that it wasn't a miracle that you're here and we never can appreciate the value and the power and the might that it took to be in this current place because you're on a pursuit of more i talked about this um, I can very specifically remember what I said back in the podcast years ago where I was talking about destination happiness, the journey of not being content and satisfied because you're trying to find happiness every single place else than the one that you're living in. And happiness is right. If you go look at the mirror, it's right down there in the soul. And a lot of people will miss what happiness really means or what contentment. I would rather be content than happy because if I'm content, then I am happy. I am satisfied right where I am, what I'm doing and who I'm doing it with because I know it's what I'm meant to be doing and where I'm meant to be and who I'm meant to be with. I'm not on this continuous pursuit of more, trying to have an overall fulfillment of expectations that I made that only bring us into deep psychological and emotional pain. Failing our expectations that we present for ourselves brings injury. You know, these outcomes cause us to repeat or shun those behaviors that got us there in the first place. So in pursuing self-expectation and the values that underpin them, we're just... We're after goals that bring us pleasure, promise, and a sense of belonging. But by itself, achieving goals cannot bring you satisfaction because you'll never be fully satisfied. It will always be what's next. And that's fine. That drive is incredible and it's admirable. But it's not sustainable mentally. That's the goal. Mental 
sustainability. That is the ultimate goal for all of us. And if not, if you build your goals around artificial views of what's desirable and rewarding and symbolic in our current time, you're going to spend your life, your blood, sweat, toil, tears, accomplishing things that won't ever bring you happiness or contentment, things that in fact bring you poverty. And I'm not just talking monetarily. Your mind can be extremely poor. Your mind, your, your emotions, your feelings, your thought life can be incredibly impoverished. And I feel like that is so dangerous. And it's something we really, really need to be thinking about. We need to be cognizant about. What is the quality of your thought life right now? Understanding that fulfillment of values and achievement of ambitions will rely primarily on our ability to maintain and exercise personal power mentally, especially ourselves and the natural inclinations that we all have to take our gratifications today, to take the easy road and just try to manipulate back to this this desire of manipulation just really can overtake our true journey, can overtake our true purpose. And it's just sad the way humans have decided to operate and function and try to inspire others to function this way. Because if you can see yourself, and I mean really, really see yourself, your strength, your flaws, your values, it is a power in life, especially at our current time, a, a time dwelt on comparison, you have a power that few people do. And it's a power that can understand and control all the other powers inside of you. And I feel like that fact and that fact alone is why contentment is so unbelievably valuable is because you can function with ease in your authentic purpose when you have contentment. Every avenue, every sector, every single molecular structure within you can finally function at its perfect content when your mind is not on overdrive of trying to figure out how to do everything that you have expected yourself to do. And what's crazy about that, all the things that you expect of, expect of yourself to do, and, and maybe, maybe not always, but, but maybe a lot of those things that you have put in yourself that you demand yourself to accomplish may not even actually be your will. And that's what's so scary because many times we're facing frustration in our lives simply because our own expectation of what we thought our lives should look like don't match up to the will of the one who created us. I think accepting that we are here as vessels to be used and available for a purpose is the first step to genuine surrender to what we were created here for. And so when you surrender your will and to accept your destiny, the tension subsides. And I think that's the opportunity our purpose has to truly soar. You can't soar with friction. You can't soar well with resistance, right? You have to go at a very certain speed. Planes have to go at a very, very fast speed to beat the resistance of wind. 
And a lot of times our own expectations of our lives that may not even be in alignment with God are the same reasons that we can't push through the barrier to the next level because we're so confined to the limitations of our own expectations. I think one of the greatest truths that our souls must cling to is that our fleshly experience is merely a preparation for eternal glory. C.S. Lewis once said, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we are made for another world. I loved that because it's just so valuable. The probable explanation is that we were made for another world. We weren't really made to dwell here for long, to always enjoy it, because we are being prepared. Again, seeing yourself as an opportunity to be a vessel and accept that we're here for a truer purpose than just always being good, than always being perfect. It enables God to really move in and and be mindful of our definitive impermanence. Like this gift of existence, fleshly, will not last. And in fact, I think it's one of the most independent variables that's consistent for all of us around the board. Like we will not remain in this world. And that's incredible news. (laughs) That's amazing news. Because this world is just falling. It's literally falling apart. And we really need to assess and value that we have a greater purpose. And it's not always just about being here. It's about what we can garner here, how we can impact here for our eternal glory. The only place that we can ever truly find fulfillment and contentment is literally in Jesus because true contentment isn't something we find in things and in people or circumstances that are also controlled by a matrix, that are controlled by a world that is evil and demonic and has entities that are lower dimensional, that are trying to eat away at our true purpose and destiny. It can only be discovered in our convictions, a conviction that Jesus's power and his purpose and provision is sufficient in every single circumstance, regardless of what we're facing, death, pain, job loss, illness, whatever it is, anxiety, depression, an eating disorder, whatever is eating at us, his grace is sufficient for. He can redeem, he can heal, he can bring you back to life. And it's a confidence that full dependency on his way is the road to everlasting glory and fulfillment. If you take a look at your thought cycle, when you're feeling down or you're feeling scared or you're feeling heavy, heavy laden, there is a beautiful shift that happens in the 77th Psalm where the shift goes from myself to my God. Part one of the pain is your worry, and then part two is his way. So Psalm 7710 says, Then I thought to this, I will appeal. The years when the most high God stretched out his right hand. So he then shifts from what if to worship in Psalm 11. In Psalm 7711, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all of your works and meditate on all of your ways because your ways, God, are holy. 
what God is as great as our God. And I think sometimes the only way forward is to circle back. Circle back and remind yourself of what he did. Dig deep. Remember how he parted the sea. Remember how he brought you back on dry land. Rather than worry what's coming, repurpose it and recall what he has done. And I think that's the only way we're going to be able to function is if we truly surrender to that purpose. And I have a few different verses for contentment, and they're really, really powerful. And they promote this beautiful idealistic understanding that it is not our own fight to have contentment, but it is a, a willingness to be humili- to have enough humility to surrender these burdens to him and to trust and have full dependency, that conviction, again, going back to that, that conviction, a confidence that that dependency, the full exposed dependency on his way is the only way, is the only road to true fulfillment and peace. In Philippians 4, 11, 13, Paul says, I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And I feel like if you ever need just a little bit of an oomph and a little bit of encouragement, an inspiration on contentment, it is to go, even if you don't believe, and even if you don't like really immerse yourself in Christ, Paul went through the ringer. Like Paul has truly gone through so much in his life. He is the perfect example. He is the perfect one to look to for contentment because he suffered a suffrage, burden after burden after burden. And yet he, it almost seems when you read it, like, and it was in his greatest depravity that he was his strongest in Christ. And I know that is possible because when you are at your least, that's when God can be at his most. And if you let him in and you have that full dependency and you fully trust and you surrender, he can come in. Regardless of what I'm experiencing, regardless of what I've faced, regardless of what I've lost, if he's all in me, I'm whole. First Timothy 6, 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. And I feel like just this idea of our righteousness and our holiness reaching a place of contentment in that dwelling spiritually, mentally, recognizing that every single thing going back to if you if you know the bible and if you go read ecclesiastes it is literally just solomon being like y'all i built the greatest temple of all time i'm the richest man of the world and it's smoke it doesn't matter nothing here matters the people here don't matter your fleshly experience doesn't matter the things you buy don't matter the car you have doesn't matter these things are so mindless they they're so insignificant yet in this fleshly existence it is everything and so we have to realize we didn't come here but we are nothing but of dirt and we will go back to that same ground that we were formed out of in the potter's hand 
reach contentment in him and that eternal glory alone because that is literally the only thing that matters. Regard Again, regardless of belief in it or not, the reality is you know you didn't come with anything in the world and you know you're not going with anything out. So why is it your greatest pursuit right now? Going back to a verse with Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, I always reference this because I think it changes so many people's lives. But it says, and he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Again, going back to that idea with the idea of being our true contentment, being discovered in our convictions, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distress, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. When I am weak, then I am strong. Just going back to what I was just talking about, I felt like Paul was truly his most powerful in his darkest hour because he he delighted in anything that came against him because he realized the conviction of grace, the conviction of power and of spirit and of true purpose and fulfillment here. It's not, again, as Timothy was saying, it is not for what we can take and gain in this world, but it is who we are. It is our character. It is our mind. It is our demeanor. And Romans 8.28 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good. Because he takes, even if it didn't come from his hand, it has to come through his hand. And if it comes through his hand, he has the ability to touch it. And we all know, or if you don't know, but God's right hand is his authority hand. It's his powerful hand. And he can do a lot with that hand. And if it goes through that hand and he covers you with it, it's going to have to be good. Who have been called according to his purpose, he makes it good. Regardless of what it looks like now, he has a purpose. That's why pain is always purposeful. That's why you that's why Paul says, I delight in persecutions and in difficulties and in pain because power is perfected in weakness. The most vulnerable you are, the weakest you are, that's when it is the most powerful for God to come in and sweep you up. In Job 36, 11, it said, if they obey and observe him, they will spend the rest of their days in prosperity and their years in contentment. In Proverbs 14, 30 says, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. And I loved that because I loved the way those two coincided with each other because it was just this emphasizing moment of like a heart at peace, of obeying and serving God and committing to righteousness you will be able to spend your days in prosperity. It gives life to the body of Christ. It gives life to the kingdom. And you'll spend your years in contentment because you are living according to a true purpose, a true life of value, a full dependency again, discovered in our convictions that his way is better than my worry. I believe that contentment is just powerful because it promotes a life of true value. It enables us to savor this wonderful gift of existence without a need of something to be different, without it needing for more. It just allows us to 
enjoy and appreciate our lives as they are. And it's not to negate that we we all can and we want to have more and do more and and succeed above our wildest dreams. That's not the point. There's a difference though between drilling a place of sorrow in your heart because of the lack and not relying on obtaining more to reach a pinnacle happiness. Happiness, you have to understand, especially to achieve great contentment, is more than simply a feeling of pleasure and avoiding pain. Happiness is about having experiences that are meaningful and valuable, living in purpose, and that includes emotions that you think are the right ones to have. All emotions can be positive in some contexts and then negative in others, regardless of why or if they are pleasant or unpleasant. So what if instead of trying to cling to some emotion while pursuing others away or pushing others away, that you allow all feelings to come and to go, but not dwell in them and not drive them a home and, and give them a place to dwell? This radical appreciation of all of life's experiences is a cornerstone to contentment, which is this understanding that right here, right now, everything is okay, regardless of the expectation that you had about it before. It's this underlying acceptance of what it means to be human, this unconditional love for all of life's experiences without the need for anything more than what is here right now, than what you are enduring right now and what you have right now. And at the end of this, I just want to say, and I just want to reiterate that cultivating contentment takes the suffering out of distress. And yes, distress is obviously inevitable, but suffering is optional. And as with many things in this life, it is literally a choice. Your mindset is a choice. Your perspective is a choice. And it's simply a matter of realizing that you're in control of the life you're going to lead. It's not just being a human. We endure much pain and agony. Yet we can navigate our afflictions to a place of purpose when we decide that it's more worthwhile to step out in faith than to dwell in the stagnancy of our pain. Regardless of where it came afflicted upon us, regardless of the circumstance that brought that pain within us, you have the choice. And it may take a long time to make the better one and to keep it a consistent choice. But contentment, at the end of the day, is simply a gift to you if you are willing to surrender to the pain it takes to recover from the suffering in which you've been exposed to and the way that this current life and this current world makes you feel like you can't be genuinely content within the experiences of our lives. Regardless of what we're facing, there is an eternal purpose. And I hope that you all come to some conclusion at some point, hopefully soon, where you recognize that your soul in eternity will be much more at peace now and forever when you choose to accept and have an unconditional rapport 
and love for every single thing you experience and detach what you thought was supposed to happen from those exact experiences. That is when you become whole. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode today and I'm really excited to come back and keep bringing to you a raw exposition of the things that I think about, the conversations that I have and what I'm experiencing in my own life. And I'm really excited to be here and be back and grow with you guys. And I hope that you are doing well. If you're not, you know where to find me and send me messages on Instagram at The Awakening Empire. It's always linked in the description. And I love you guys very much. And I'm so excited to be here. Hope you have the best day of your lives. I'll see you soon.